When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Welcome back to our campfire at Kinder Outdoors. Got that blazing fireplace this morning. And, hey, we've had a house full. Lots of pecan pie and good turkey and dressing. I hope you have, too. Front door to the camp house is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Not a drug. I want to emphasize that. But a beneficial product that slowly works over time to help settle the overbarker, the overjumper, the one that can get so happy that it's destructive, or maybe nervous Nelly in a thunderstorm. If that's your dog, take a look at Calming Care. You'll get a closer look when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. We're going to spend some time in the great state of Idaho today. My old friend Ken Kirkaby is back. He climbed the mountain again. He missed a shot on a fantastic mule deer a year ago after fighting through much adversity to get to that point in time. So he had to go back and try again. How did he fare this time around? We'll find out in just a few minutes from outdoor author Ken Kirkaby. And listen, we can't leave Idaho without visiting with Mildred Bryant. Mildred is 90. She's led a fascinating life, and she just celebrated her 80th year as a hunter, killed a real nice mule deer. We're going to talk to her and her daughter, Linda, about that as well. Grab yourself a hot cup of coffee and make yourself at home by our fire. You're always welcome here at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, if hunting Idaho is something that's been on your bucket list or maybe today's show will pique your interest, then you should know that coming up on Thursday, December the 1st, non-resident general tags in some popular areas. Hey, they go on sale. 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Tags and licenses for non-resident hunters. Hunters are encouraged to purchase early because they're going to go quick. More info at kinderoutdoors.com. Well, it is the biggest in-person shopping weekend of the year. So I guess we ought to do a little Christmas shopping before we get started this morning. We always come up with cool stuff this time of year that the outdoors man or woman can use. And this year, we're kicking off our Christmas shopping with an item that outdoorsman or not, you need this. You need a black fire. What's that? Jeff Liss can tell us more. So Blackfire, we uh, specialize in a variety of outdoor equipment, but specifically our portable power stations. We actually have two models of them, a 1,500-watt one and a 500-watt one, and they're great for charging appliances, running uh, as well as devices when you're outdoors and you're completely off the grid. You can uh, run lights on it. You can run a chop saw of it. You can charge your laptop or charge your phone. It's basically power on the go. Back uh, in October, we had the Mr. Crappie Classic 4th Annual World Championship Crappie Tournament. We powered our takeoffs every morning and our weigh-ins every afternoon on a Blackfire unit uh, that we never charged. We never stopped to charge it. We would throw it in the pickup, unload it again that afternoon for the weigh-in, held up great. We had tons of power throughout. It's remarkable. What's the capability of these things? The capability is almost endless. It just depends on what you use. Uh, for example, at the at the tournament, they were you know powering devices such as 
you know, microphones, speakers, um, as well as like laptops and other devices. And if you're just running stuff like that off of it, you can have that run for close to maybe a week. Um, there's, um, there's which we did. Yeah, there's almost endless opportunities with it. For example, you can run, let's say you want to do an electric grill, you can run it for about 30 minutes to 60 minutes uh, with that. Let's say you want to run a, like, an, let's say it's really hot out and you're camping or you're hunting, fishing, you have like a mini fridge or electric freezer. You can actually run that for about three to four days with our 1500 watt model. And with our 500 watt model, about one to two days. And a really cool thing about it is, well, hey, Billy, you use your power in your Blackfire, uh, then you're out of power. Uh, because the electricity's out and you can't recharge. You can still recharge solar. Yeah, you can still recharge the solar. So we also have our solar panels. They're both 60-watt solar panels. And for a 1,500-watt model, you just need to hook up two of those. Uh, with good sunlight, you can fully recharge our 1,500-watt model in about seven to eight hours. And with our 500-watt model, you only need one of them in the same time, seven to eight hours. So you, you could virtually be without power for, forever as long as you got sunlight and you could recharge it with a solar panel. How big are the units for folks that are trying to picture what we're talking about? Yeah, so the units, I'd say it's about two feet wide and about a foot tall for a 1,500-watt model. And it's about 42 pounds. It's got two rugged handles on the side, so you're easily able to put, bring it in and out of a truck, leave it on a dock. And then our 500-watt model is a little bit smaller. It looks almost like a, a little bit of a bigger lunch pail. And that is about, that's 12.9 pounds. So it's super easy to just walk with one hand. You could walk it down the street, yeah. and that's super portable. And that one's really great for charging, you know, small appliances, uh, charging your phone, even just running lights. There are, what, what kind of ports are available on, on these things? Yeah, so when it comes to ports, on our 1,500-watt model, we have four AC ports, three USB Type-C ports, which are the really fast ones, three regular USBs, also a cigarette lighter, which you can charge from your car, also charge other devices with it. So as an Anderson APP port to charge via the solar panel. Uh, additionally, it's an 8-millimeter input jack. With the 500-watt model, there's two AC ports, two USB Type-Cs, and two regular USBs, as well as the cigarette lighter uh, charging port, Anderson APP port, as well as the 8-millimeter uh, input port. Blackfire portable power. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. It's really cool. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. If you own a dog, you really ought to keep Fortiflora in the fridge. I'm making my list and checking it twice. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. With Kinder Outdoors. If you haven't done it yet, come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, that's K-I-N-D-E-R, and register for our Fishing You a Merry Christmas contest. Five nights at Casa Carib Sea in the Caribbean. Three days fishing offshore and inshore in some of the most fertile billfish waters on the planet. If you have signed up, tell your friends about us. You see, it's a trip for three. Kinderoutdoors.com. The Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo is back at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 5th through the 8th. Make plans to join outdoorsmen and women from around the globe for the greatest hunting and outdoors expo on the planet. 
guns, exclusive trips and opportunities, fine jewelry, world-class taxidermy, artwork, hunting gear, and accessories, covering 800,000 square foot of exhibit space in downtown Dallas. I'm DSC Chief Executive Officer Corey Mason asking you to please join us for this important event as we raise funds to fight for your ability to hunt, shoot, fish, and trap. DSC also builds young men and women that will be the conservation backbone of the future and we fund global efforts to fight poachers and benefit wildlife and habitat. There's so much to do and see at the DSC convention. Bring the family January 5th through the 8th and learn more at biggame.org. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, we make shopping for the hunter or recreational shooter in your family easy. With locations in Mansfield, Wichita Falls, Granbury, and Colleen. Take advantage of our 90-day layaway, same as cash. No need to hide gifts until the big morning. All year long, we honor our military and first responders with a 10% discount on everything in the store for rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and optics. Marksman Firearms is your complete one-stop shop. MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas Hill Country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com You're in good conservation company with Kinder Outdoors. Coming to you from our base camp, which is the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, located on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Winter is a wonderful time to be at the lake. Thank you to my friends at Fortiflora for making this camp house possible. Fortiflora is America's number one canine probiotic from the trusted name Purina. 
If you own a bird dog, you got to keep Fortiflora handy. If you own a dog, period, you need to have Fortiflora in the fridge. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Well, let's go hunting in Idaho. And let's do that with my friend, outdoor author, Ken Kirkaby. Ken, welcome back. Hey, great to be back, Bill. I uh, always enjoy my, my visits with you. My friend, Ken Kirkaby, a very talented outdoor writer, author. Uh, he has several books. I'm sure you've heard about them uh, here on the radio show, Red Stick 1, Red Stick 2, and the tournament. If those are not in your deer blind or in your uh, duck lodge, deer lodge, quail cabin, whatever, uh, you need to go gather those up. You can do that at Amazon. I highly uh, recommend them. Are you doing any writing these days, Ken? Do you still enjoy yeah. writing? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm working on a couple projects right now and uh, hopefully have something together in about, oh, maybe less than a year. Oh, okay, good, good, fantastic. And one cool thing, I always point this out, one cool thing about Ken is as outdoors men and women, we all know a phony when we <laughs> hear or read a phony. Ken is not a phony. He's been there and done that, and he's still out there doing that. Uh, climbing jagged peaks in search of great mule deer, uh, and you just returned from a great trip. But I want to back up a year, Ken, because things did not go well a year ago. No, it was, to, a real, I, it was a real adventure. You went to Idaho on a pack-in hunt uh, in some rugged country, and, boy, I mean, from the get-go, things were just – it just didn't go well. No, it was tough. Um, last year, the Salmon River was very low, so that – eliminated the possibility of using a jet boat to get to where we were going. And uh, as soon as I got off the pavement and into that, you know, wilderness area, past Elk City, it just got snowy and icy. I mean, you couldn't even walk on the on the doggone uh, dirt road. It was so bad. It was so icy. And uh, the car that I rented, because they were out of four-wheel drives, was a uh, Chevy Malibu, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a pretty good Omen that maybe maybe you should be playing golf in Florida this week instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm a real fan of the Malibu now for getting me in there alive. Anyhow, got you know, it just deteriorated, and at one point I went slamming into a snowbank, which was the good news because if you go down the other way, it's about a two thousand foot drop, and there's no you know guardrails yeah. of any kind. That's probably one of the worst places you could drive in the lower forty eight. Anyhow, got in there. Uh, about an hour and a half late, but uh, got there and uh, packed in and uh, to camp. It was about a four-and-a-half-hour ride to camp. And we had a real nice camp up there, and the weather was pretty good, although it started to get warm and foggy. So during the whole hunt, we lost about 50% of our hunting time due to fog coming in every day, right? Uh. And then um, we saw a real nice deer, okay? And uh, I decided to go for it. So we're up on the snow, and you had to go down this really steep draw and then back up this draw. And we did that, and we're probably about 150 yards from this where this buck is bedded, and I'm about to make a stalk. And sure enough, I looked down at my rifle, and the bolt had fallen out. I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now, right? Turns out my, my, my uh, gunsmith had put a new trigger in for me. And for some reason, he altered something that caused the bolt to fall out. Well, at that moment, I was not a big fan of my gunsmith. But let me tell you what happened, okay? We backtracked all the way back down that draw, and we found the bolt. 
and we put wow. it back. We put it back in the rifle, and we went back up. And when we got to the top, we looked back, and the other guide and hunter are waving their hands, trying to signal us. Turns out there was a bigger buck standing there looking at us. When we came over the crest of that uh, ridge, so I I just laid down, put my rifle down in my pack. He was about two twenty, two thirty, I guess. And I thought I was good and tight, and I squeezed off, and that buck did not move. <laughs> he uh-huh. just turned around. He just turned around and ambled down off the side of the ridge. Now, the other side of the ridge is way steep, and there's no way that you're going to get down that ridge. So he was lost. He was uh, lost. Man, oh, man. And, and everything it took to get to that point oh boy. on that mountain, the, the Chevy Malibu, the icy roads, and from the moment you glassed and saw the initial buck right. and had to go down and back up, how long was and how long was that period of and time? Then back, and then the back first... down and back up again. You're talking yeah, about yeah. you know the better part of an hour, and you know not a particularly easy hour. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, you know no. you're, you're, you're grabbing onto bushes and stuff, you know, trying to keep your feet because you got to carry a day pack and all that junk and your rifle and all that. So it was a real disappointment, but I'll tell you the truth. I was so grateful to have a shot at an animal like that. It was probably the best mule deer to that point I'd ever seen uh, through my scope. So, yeah. you know, you know, I really can't get down in the dumps. Yeah, my shooting was bad, but that's the way it is. Everybody misses sooner or later. Yep, everybody misses. If they say they haven't, then they're lying to you. Um Tell me this, when when you got back and checked your rifle, because you had been climbing through some rugged, rugged right. country for several days, right. you went back, I know you went back and checked your rifle. Was, was it on? Was it it was on, on, yeah. The rifle was on. I shot at a tree. We got back to camp. I shot at a tree, and I put about four into, you know, a tree, and it was fine. What I did do for safety measures, I put a... Uh, I put a little string on the bolt and around the trigger guard so that if it popped out again, it wouldn't go too far. So, I mean, the deer were there. Uh, the biggest problem during that week was the loss of visibility. I think if we would have the ability to glass more, you know, we would have seen more bucks because they were there. The does were there, you know. And mm-hmm. at this time of the year, if you can find the does, you know, after November up in that country, you can pretty much uh, bet that a buck will be around them. Tell us uh, about the elevation and where exactly were you in Idaho? Okay, we're in the uh, Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness Area, okay? <clears throat> you can drive to the pickup point, but then that's the border for the wilderness area, and that's where the horses and mules are. And <clears throat> in a wilderness area, as a lot of your listeners probably know, there's no machines allowed, no ATVs. I mean, you couldn't even get an ATV on those horse trails anyhow, but you can't even have a chainsaw on there. Everything has to be done by hand. If you're going to cut a log, it's got to be with a saw or an axe. Uh, you know, there's just no machines allowed. So that's what makes it great. It's very inaccessible. The country is extremely rugged, very steep. And uh, I would put the elevation at that camp last year about just under 5,000 feet. So I was, you know, I was gasping for air the whole time. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know what, at sea level, when you're looking at a magnificent animal like that, you're gasping for air and your heart rate accelerates. Right. I can only imagine at elevation, a little tough. Oh, your heart's hey, jumping. Even if you can get your yeah. breathing under control, you can't get your heart rate under control. <laughs> you're so excited, you know. Oh, exactly. Ken, we're going to take a short break, 
And then we're going to come back. You said something in that portion of our, our visit that interested me. When you looked at that magnificent mule deer through your scope, you said that was the biggest mule deer you had seen in your life up to that point, which leads me to believe that maybe, just maybe, you saw one this year that was that bigger, bigger. So we're going to take a break and come back and find out, okay? Can you hang All on? All right. We're kicking back around the campfire and telling hunting stories on the show today. That's outdoor author and my friend, Ken Kirkaby. More to come. And you've got to stick around and meet Mildred. Miss Mildred Bryant is 90. She's an Idaho mule deer hunter herself. And she's tougher than you. (laughs) I want you to meet her when we come back from the coffee pot. Happy Thanksgiving weekend from all of us in the camp house here at Kinder Outdoors. Drop by kinderoutdoors.com. Register for that trip to the Caribbean. We're going to go fishing. It's Jace Robertson from Duck Dynasty. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, if you don't sit down, those ducks are never going to come in. Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and I want to make sure that all of our calendars are marked with the dates for our 2023 annual military charity golf event. The dates are March 26th and 27th of 2023. We'll be returning to the Wild Dunes Resort on the Isle of Palms in South Carolina. Now, here's the best part. The proceeds from this military charity golf event, supported by Freedom Hunters, goes to award the honorable service personnel of our U.S. and Canadian Armed Forces with outdoor adventures. There's no better cause than honoring the courageous men and women that protect our freedoms. So go to jimshockeyclassic.com to register. So again, that's March 26th and 27th of 2023 at the Wild Dunes Resort. And by the way, that's the South Carolina coast in the springtime. It doesn't get any better than that. I'll see you there. The Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun, or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet, bid at an auction, be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. 
Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mantle rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Camp House floor creaks a little, but don't worry. You're on solid ground with Hender Outdoors. Brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch of the Texas Hill Country. Hey, listen, you need to call them now uh, to book your bird hunt for next spring. They fill up early. It's five-star bird hunting. The folks at Beretta and Orvis and Shooting Sportsman all agree with me. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch at KinderOutdoors.com. couple of ladies up in Idaho I want you to meet. We're going to start with Linda Erickson. Linda, welcome to the show. Is it chilly in Idaho this morning? It was like 19 degrees when I got up this morning. <laughs> Life in Idaho. Uh, where exactly in Idaho are you guys? Um, Mom lives in New Plymouth, Idaho, and I live in Emmett. We're about eight miles apart, just outside of Boise, so south okay. central. So you guys have a pretty good football team every year there in Boise. Is that a big deal? Uh, Boise State. Yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. Good. Go Broncos. There you go. Very good. Hey, I wanted to call and talk to you ladies because not only is your mom a very special lady and someone that uh, we as hunters and, and, and fishermen 
should uh, pattern ourselves after and and hope for her longevity. But you guys had a really special week together back in October. I want you to tell everybody about that. Well, we started out on Saturday with my elk hunt, and it's my first big game kill, and I got a six-point elk on Saturday, and then nice. took her out um, to get her sighted in and practice shooting my gun. I got a new gun a couple years ago as a gift, um, a 6.5 Creedmoor, and her and I have always shared a 270, um, and the scope on it is not as good. So we convinced her to use my 6.5 Creedmoor. We took her out for a little bit of shooting, and she hit the bullseye almost every time or right close to it. So we knew <laughs> she was ready for her hunt on Wednesday, and so we went out Wednesday morning, and just before daylight, we were out and set up, and she got her buck right off. So wow. a three-by-four buck, um, and it's just a beautiful deer. I guess so, yeah. And what a beautiful week in memory together, mother and daughter hunting together, your your big uh, elk on Saturday, October 1st, and then a few days later, your mom uh, killed her mule deer for the year, and the very special thing about your mom, Mildred Bryant, is that she is 90 years old and still going strong. She will be 91 this December, so she is almost 91, and she still rides horses. That week was also good because she killed her deer on Wednesday, and on Thursday we got on horseback and chased cows for six miles, and on Friday we followed it with a 10-mile cow chase. So. <laughs> Um, my son was on the hunt with us also, which was cool because he's really close to his grandma. And um, then a, a good family friend, Doug um, Freestone, was kind of our guide, and he's the ranch manager, so that's who we were chasing cows with as well. Well, I tell you what, uh, what a beautiful family, what a beautiful way to spend time together, working and playing together. And I, I know that my audience would love to meet Miss uh, Mildred if uh, she's handy. Can can you put her on the phone? Yep, here she is. Perfect. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Bryant. How are you? I'm fine. That's good. That's good. Uh, well, I tell you what, you uh, we just had to call from Texas and say congratulations. Your 80th year as a hunter, and you you bagged a good one. Yep. <laughs> tell, tell me I a little bit. All my life. Tell me about how this got started with you, because that's 80 years of hunting and your 90 years of life. Yep. <laughs> well, we lived back on the Oregon coast in the town of Vandenberg, and it came right close to the house that we lived in back in a canyon. And my brother-in-law, my brother and I, started when we were real little taking the pack horses up in the mountains because people came to our house to hunt. And my brother and I would ride them up to a certain point, the horses, and they'd put another deer on, and we would take it back home, and Mom would unload the deer, and then we'd take the horses and go back up and help somebody else pack out. And we were probably five and six. We'd climb on the back of the horse after we put the deer on and go home. <laughs> five and, and six I, years old. So you didn't get to shoot your first one until you were ten. Almost ten, yeah. <laughs> and, 
I got mad at my dad, and a friend and I went out and shot it, but we were too little to pick it up and pack it, but we hung it in a tree, (laughs) and it was a little forking horn. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious, and that's been a few miles back down the road, and you still love to go and, and hunt those big, beautiful mule deer up there in Idaho even now. Right. I ride a lot. I'm a trail rider, and I have covered most of Oregon on horseback. My goodness. I, I've seen pictures of you, and, and not only uh, have you enjoyed horses all your life, I think I saw you riding a steer. <laughs> I rode cows, yes, of the rodeo. <laughs> was that, was I that like... A, I had a group of young kids I would help learning to ride. They were from 8 to 14, and I took them to the Coos County Fair, and they were supposed to ride the roping cows, and they wouldn't ride unless I did, so I got on a cow and rode the cow. (laughs) And you've got a smile on your face while you're doing it. looks like you're having a good time there. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, to to get out in God's great creation and enjoy uh, enjoy these these wild places and wild things and it's a lot more fun when you can enjoy it with your family. It sounds like that's how you do it. I do. I've hunted a lot with my family. My grandson Corey Bryant and my son-in-law and I went hunting and we killed two six-point bull elk and a spike all at one time. You guys filled the freezer in just a couple of days there. Yeah. And then it was the question of getting them out, you know, but we had a friend showed up and we loaded them up and hauled them out. We were able to get there. But well, I hear. Story, but we spotted them and my son-in-law got one shot and he got a five point and my grandson was on the other side of the ridge and he began to holler, Grandma. I got a five-point, and I thought they were arguing over the same one, but they weren't, <laughs> and I got the spike. <laughs> and just so people know, this this was not a little chip shot. It was 224 yards and yep. uh, something that you've practiced and done your whole life. You squeezed that shot off and, and filled the freezer one more time, Miss Mildred, and we had right. to call and say congratulations to you. That's so impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I had my share of them. <laughs> well, no, not yet. You have more to go. I hope to go again. You betcha. <laughs> uh, just luck if you happen to be in the right place at the right time. That's exactly right. When, now, what you've got a birthday coming up. Your 91st birthday is just a couple of weeks away, huh? Right, the 21st of December. December 21st. So how did that work when you were a kid? Did you get birthday presents on the 21st and Christmas presents on the 25th or no? We didn't do very much Christmas. If we could make something for one another, we did. It wasn't go to town and buy a bunch of stuff. We made our own. And that's and a whole lot more special. It is. We all worked together on sewing and lived Eight miles or nine miles from the closest power pole or telephone. No power or was back in the hills. And I did not like driving cars. I didn't like riding in cars. But I could take my horse across country and come out where I wanted to be. 
<laughs> oh, Miss Mildred, what a what a special lady! And uh, on December twenty first, I will be thinking of you for sure. Okay, thank you. Ninety year old Mildred Bryant celebrating her eightieth year as a hunter there in Idaho. Thanks to our friends at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country for bringing us this corner of the camp house. Come on, let's grab a cup of coffee. Hey guys, you've got to get this right. Take your venison to Cinnamon Creek Ranch. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Hands down, the best anywhere. And when you're having those sausages and ground meat made up, don't forget the chicken fried steak. Better than beef and so tender you can cut them with a fork. Yeah, we run them through the tenderizer two or three times depending on you know how thick they want them. And uh, we take all the silver and all the fat and anything. It's just pure meat. And when you see that hog rooting around, put him in the bed of the truck and take him to Joe Masakio's Cinnamon Creek Ranch. People don't realize how good tasting they are, wild hogs. Um, if you keep them around 150 or just shy of 200, they're really, really good eating. Um, sausage and uh, stickers, which are, we take them out of the hams and we marinate them and, and put them on a skewer. And man, they're, they're the cat's meow, man. Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, Roanoke, Texas. Premier in the wild game industry. CinnamonCreekRanch.com. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, buried Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The Herdware Store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com. Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. 
We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 perdies in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Castelleria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. Camped on the ground and in five-star lodges, but never found a more welcome camp than this one, Kender Outdoors. From the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, Lake Grapevine, Texas, visiting with outdoor author Ken Kirkaby. Thanks for hanging on, Ken. I really appreciate that. He has authored uh, three books, uh, Red Stick 1, Red Stick 2, and The Tournament, all outdoor novels. Working on a couple more now. Can't wait to see what you have for us uh, next, Ken. You can purchase those books through Amazon, by the way. Ken had a uh, troublesome trip to backcountry Idaho last year and missed the shot on the mule deer of a lifetime, but he's just returned from another trip. I want to talk to him about that. I, I bet you every night for a year, Ken, when you close your eyes at night, you see that big booger that you missed. I don't think a day went by when I didn't dream about that deer. Yeah, so you just returned. From another yeah. trip to Idaho, you went back to the same, am I right, the same wilderness area? Same wilderness area. This time our camp was about 10 uh, miles, probably as the crow flies, to the east. And uh, fortunately, there was enough water in the Salmon River this time. Now, I'm taking a jet boat upriver, which is about a 30-minute uh, jet boat ride. We load up, and then he goes, i got some other stuff to bring. And he pulls his truck up to the boat, and he loads about six sacks of horse feet, which had to go in, too. Now, this is all just to get me through that week, right? I want to give you listeners some idea of the logistics involved in these things. They are huge, right, to get a guy into the hunting area. So we get in the jet boat. We run upriver, and sure enough, my guys are there waiting for me with a horse for me, horses for them, and a couple extra mules, and we, ro we ride up to the camp, which is about another three, three-and-a-half-hour pack in. Get into camp. Sure enough, as soon as it gets dark, the snowstorm starts. <laughs> and oh. it's, a, it's a wet, heavy snow. But I'm thinking that's not bad because, you know, snow generally, you know, helps you spot and whatnot. As long as the weather stays pretty clear. Next morning we get up. That snow's still coming down. So my guide and I go out, and uh, we see a couple of those, and we're encouraged. And we keep going, and then all of a sudden, the weather, the visibility starts going down, okay? So after about an hour, hour and a half, we figure, ah, we're spinning our wheels. So we go back to camp, and we figure we'll wait till this afternoon and see if it clears. It does not clear. In fact, the snow starts coming down harder. In the morning, the snow stops, okay? It's the first clear morning, right? So now this is, what, our third day, right? Go out, me and Logan go out, and it's... We're going out uh, around a horse trail, and these horse trails all skirt these steep, you know, mountainsides. And 
we're looking down in glass and we keep moving in glass and finally we seen two does, right? And we move out a little bit further down the trail, a couple hundred yards, and we see a bigger deer with them, but we can't see the deer's head because it's behind a branch. So Logan says, let's just keep moving and looking. He says, I think that deer may be a buck. So sure enough, we get into sight of the deer, and it's a very good one. He looks at him for a long time. He says, yeah, that's a good one. All right? Now I'm excited, right? The deer is about 700 yards below us down a steep ridge, and we wait, and the and deer does just what you want him to do. He lays down in a spot and beds down, right? And he's facing to the left, okay? It's open down to him. So we slide down this slope. It's all snow, right, on our behinds the whole way. We probably slid about 500 yards down two ridges, and that took a while. Then finally we got to the last ridge, and we're above them. And uh, Logan ranged them at 230 yards. So I got real tight, and I got on Logan's pack. And this time, boy, I was taking my time and just being real careful. And I'll tell you what, the sight of that deer, I could see three points on my side, and I figured he had a brow time, too. He was a nice buck, and I was excited. And sure enough, I made the shot. It was almost a perfect shot. I mean, it hit him good right behind the shoulder. I'm pretty sure he's down, right? He starts to crawl, and he crawls over to the end of the ridge, and he dies and rolls off the ridge. Right? Now he starts sliding, Okay. He slides down one ridge, down two ridges, down three ridges. He must have slid over a thousand feet, and we're and we go down there, and we see blood. We see good blood the whole way, and I can tell it's lung blood. And I think he's hit good, right? But he just is dead, but still slide. So we keep going down. Finally, we find him, and sure enough, he'd snapped off one antler about three inches above the uh, base. All right. So you go, oh, no, right? But to tell you the truth, it didn't bother me because I was going to mount them either way, and there's a, good, <clears throat> me, there's a good chance they could fix that antler. So sure enough, so we uh, cape them out, cut them up, caught them up, and the packer's down with us now, and the three of us uh, finally get them uh, quartered up in the meat and bags and packed up. And I packed out the head and cape, and the boys uh, packed out the uh, the meat, and we started back up. And let me tell you something. That was the test, going up that thing. <laughs> I said, it occurred to me, if you're going to have a heart attack, it's going to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you have your mule deer. You, 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 <laughs> you're, oh, I was you're so happy. Have, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you're, you may die right here, but, Lord, you can take me now. Thank you take very much. Take me now. Yeah. That was exactly what I was thinking. So here's what's going to happen, boys. We're going to get to the saddle trail, and somebody's going to go back to camp for a mule, because I am not humping this one foot more than that when we get yeah. to the top, right? <laughs> so we Wow, get... congratulations, Ken. Thank you. But I want, Everything. you know, it, it's really important to keep in mind the logistics involved. These guys did a tremendous job. My guy, Logan, is about 26 years old. The Packer was 18. These kids were in great shape. And, you know, it's it's a real ordeal, but it's a magnificent area. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we saw a very nice uh, bighorn sheep earlier that oh, day. Oh, wow. Yeah, beautiful. Probably 350 yeah. yards away, about a half, three-quarter curl. Beautiful animal. First one I ever saw out hunting. 
Wow, that is so very cool. Well, congratulations. Two years of uh, literally 365 days per year planning, getting yourself in shape, uh, and then carrying out and following through uh, to to produce that meat for your freezer and that beautiful memory that will go up on the, on the wall. That That's just fabulous. And I want folks to know that you are not 30 years old. 68 years old and going to the top of the mountain and down again and back up again. Every year, you figure out a way to go to the top of the mountain and back <laughs> down and then back up. That's right. That's uh, right. You never figure out an easy way. I don't know why. Oh, uh, that is so awesome. I, I highly recommend that you read my friend Ken Kirkaby. Uh, you'll find him, like I said earlier, on Amazon. Red, you're looking for Red Stick One, Red Stick Two, and the Tournament. Those are uh, the, the three publications that Ken has out there now, and I can't wait to see what you're coming up with for us next, Ken. As always, thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's a pleasure. See you soon. And happy. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you, sir. And to all your listeners, Sam. <laughs> My friend, outdoor author and friend Ken Kirkaby, he lives life. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch. You want to live life, too? Give these folks a call. It's five-star dining, lodging, and the upland bird hunting is over the top. I love to go there and hunt birds. They've got about 100 bird dogs in the kennel. I also... Take advantage of this beautiful low-fence ranch to harvest my axis deer for my freezer every year, too. Yeah, low-fence, naturally occurring, wild axis deer, Texas Hill Country axis. Mm, primo on the table. Learn more when you visit Joshua Creek Ranch at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, let's kick off the Christmas giving now with tickets to the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo. You want to win a few? It's a simple drawing at kinderoutdoors.com, the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo 2023. Hey, it's just a few weeks away. January 5, 6, 7, 8, downtown Dallas, Texas. Get your tickets for free when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. Come on, let's see if we can find a biscuit or something around here. that old bird dog out of that chair and have a seat. You're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. From base camp at the Vineyards, Campground and Cabins, Grapevine Lake, Texas. We are literally, I mean, we could walk. We're just a few blocks from downtown Grapevine, which is the Christmas capital of Texas. Pretty cool place to be at Thanksgiving time or, hey, any time. <laughs> This corner of the camp house brought to you by my friends at Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel. You talk to all the top dog trainers in the sporting dog world, and they'll tell you, or at least about 90% of them will tell you, that Purina Pro Plan is the best. 30% protein, 20% fat for your hardworking sporting breed. Pick up a bag for your champ at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. I talked to a guy about an hour ago that has a product available for your Christmas giving 
that fits not only the outdoors man or woman on your list, but, hey, anybody that can use portable power, big portable power. Have you heard about Black Fire? It's going to be a hit this holiday season. I invited Jeff Liss with Black Fire to tell us all about it. So Black Fire, we uh, specialize in a variety of outdoor equipment, but specifically our portable power stations. We actually have two models of them, a 1,500-watt one and a 500-watt one, and they're great for charging appliances, running uh, as well as devices when you're outdoors and you're completely off the grid. You can uh, run lights on it. You can run a chop saw off of it. You can charge your laptop or charge your phone. It's basically power on the go. Back uh, in October, we had the Mr. Crappie Classic 4th Annual World Championship Crappie Tournament. We powered our takeoffs every morning and our weigh-ins every afternoon on a black fire unit uh, that we never charged. We never stopped to charge it. We would throw it in the pickup, unload it again that afternoon for the weigh-in, held up great. We had tons of power throughout. It's remarkable. What, what's the capability of these things? The capability is almost endless. It just depends on what you use. Uh, for example, at the at the tournament, they were you know powering devices such as you know microphones, speakers, um, as well as like laptops and other devices. And if you're just running stuff like that off of it, you can have that run for close to maybe a week. Um, there's, um, there's which we did. Yeah, there's almost endless opportunities with it. For example, you can run, let's say you want to do an electric grill, you can run it for about 30 minutes to 60 minutes uh, with that. Let's say you want to run a, like, an, let's say it's really hot out and you're camping or you're hunting, fishing, and you have, like, a mini fridge or electric freezer. You can actually run that for about three to four days with our 1,500-watt model. And with our 500-watt model, about one to two days. And a really cool thing about it is, well, hey, Billy, you use your power in your black fire. Uh, then you're out of power uh, because the electricity's out and you can't recharge. You can still recharge solar. Yeah, you can still recharge the solar. So we also have... Our solar panels, they're both 60-watt solar panels, and for a 1,500-watt model, you just need to hook up two of those. Uh, with good sunlight, you can fully recharge our 1,500-watt model in about seven to eight hours. And with our 500-watt model, you only need one of them in same time, seven to eight hours. So you, you could virtually be without power for, forever as long as you got sunlight, and you could recharge it with a solar panel. How big are the units for folks that are trying to picture what we're talking about? Yeah, so the units, I'd say it's about... Two feet wide and about a foot tall for a 1,500-watt model, and it's about 42 pounds. It's got two rugged handles on the side, so you're easily able to put, bring it in and out of a truck, leave it on a dock. And then our 500-watt model is a little bit smaller. It looks almost like a, a little bit of a bigger lunch pail, and that is about, that's 12.9 pounds. So it's super easy to just walk with one hand. You could walk it down the street. And that's super portable, and that one's really great for charging you know, small appliances, uh, charging your phone, even just running lights. There are, what, what kind of ports are available on, on these things? Yeah, so when it comes to ports, on our 1,500-watt model, we have four AC ports, three USB Type-C ports, which are the really fast ones, three regular USBs, also a cigarette lighter, which you can charge from your car, also charge other devices with it. So as an Anderson APP port to charge via the solar panel. Uh, additionally, is an 8-millimeter input jack. With the 500-watt model, there's two AC ports, two USB Type-Cs and two regular USBs, as well as the cigarette lighter uh, charging port, Anderson APP port, as well as the 8-millimeter uh, input port. So you, when you say AC ports, four on the big one, two on the smaller one, you're talking about plug your freezer in, 110 electricity. Exactly. Plug your freezer in, you get 120 volts right there. Wow. 
it's crazy cool. It's really good, and I think very reasonably priced too. Yeah, it's really reasonably priced. Our fifteen hundred watt model comes in at thirteen hundred dollars. Um, additionally, if you uh, on our website, you can get two solar panels with that, and then you you save a hundred dollars in total. Our solar panels sell for two hundred dollars, and then our five hundred watt model sells for five hundred dollars. And obviously, they you know depending on what model you want, they're both at really great price points, and both uh, really save. You know, we have uh, some of the more ports in our. Uh, in, in the uh, business, so we say more ports, more power. There you go. Very good. Let me ask you a goofy question. Can I recharge this thing as I'm using it? Really? Yes, you can. You could recharge it as we're using it. Actually, at uh, some of our shows, we've been having it being recharged via our solar panels and still powering other devices off of it. So I was able to charge my laptop as it was charging via the solar panels. I fell in love with the Blackfire when I saw it. Everyone can use this, and it's portable enough that, hey, it stores away without taking up a lot of space until you need it. And then you want it front and center. Blackfire. Learn more about them at kinderoutdoors.com. Also, a good place to take a look at Purina Pro Plan and the different formulas that they provide for our canine friends. If your dog has a special condition like an itchy coat or maybe they need added glucosamine in their diet, hey, there's a pro plan for that. Purina Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Let's grab a cup of coffee and then we're headed for Idaho. When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas, home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyards boat ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. Ken Kirkaby needs to be in your deer blind, camp house, or favorite fireside chair. An outdoor author that understands and lives the outdoors. In Red Stick 1, Florida game warden Virgil Clary takes off his badge to track down a killer in the wilderness. Christopher Camuto of Gray's Sporting Journal calls Red Stick 1 a tightly written novel of pursuit, and redemption, a pleasure to read. Ken Kirkaby's books are gritty, realistic, and action-packed. The Tournament, Red Stick 1 and Red Stick 2, all available on Amazon. Got your sights set on a big buck this year? Then look no further than Marksman Firearms. We've got everything you need for hunting season from guns and ammo to accessories and specialized gear. Visit one of our Marksman stores in Mansfield, Granbury, Colleen, or Wichita Falls. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and we offer 90-day layaway, same as cash. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. 
To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org Hey, crappie anglers. Crappie season is here. Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie, here to tell you about all of the new crappie products for 2022. Check out the all-new Wally Marshall Classic Signature Rods by Lou's. The Wally Marshall Classic Series starts at 5 foot 6 and all the way up to 16 foot in length. IM8 graphite construction, cork handles, stainless steel guides, super light for all-day use, and the perfect trolling and casting rods on the market today. Now for you live scopers out there, the Wally Marshall Pro Target rods are designed with IM8 graphite blanks, stainless steel guides, and wind grip handles. No slip with a grip when you're trying to boat flip a three-pounder. Pro Target rods are the best for live scope, trolling, and perfect for wade fishing and heavy cover. All new Mr. Crappie Colors and Crappie Thunders, Slabalicious, Jokers, and Shadpos. Tennessee Mist, White, Who Dat, and Don't Miss the School Bus. All crappie anglers should keep the Mr. Crappie Slabomatic Electric Filet Knife handy too. StrikeKing.com, Lose.com, and SmithsProducts.com. <laughs> Tailing redfish on the fly rod, fresh walleye in a skillet, big time turkeys running to your call, a massive 6x6 within 30 yards, and a new personal best in the bass boat. That's life at our camp at Kinder Outdoors. Overlooking Grapevine Lake, Texas, from the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for hanging out around our campfire today. We appreciate that. And I want you to uh, meet my friend Ken Kirkaby. He is an outdoor author. He's authored three books, The Tournament, Red Stick 1 and Red Stick 2, all uh, hunting, fishing, outdoor adventures. From a guy that is an outdoor adventurer, in fact, he just returned from uh, Idaho, a pack-it-in mule deer hunt. And I want to talk to you about that, Ken. Welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be back, Bill. I uh, always enjoy my, my visits with you. My friend Ken Kirkaby, a very talented outdoor writer, author. Uh, he has several books. I'm sure you've heard about them uh, here on the radio show, Red Stick 1, Red Stick 2, and The Tournament. If those are not in your deer blind or in your uh, duck lodge, deer lodge, quail cabin, whatever, uh, you need to go gather those up. You can do that at Amazon. I highly uh, recommend them. Are you doing any writing these days, Ken? Do you still enjoy yeah. writing? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm working on a couple projects right now and uh, hopefully have something together in about, oh, maybe less than a year. Oh, okay, good, good, fantastic. And one cool thing, I always point this out, one cool thing about Ken is as outdoors men and women, we all know a phony when we <laughs> hear or read a phony. Ken is not a phony. He's been there and done that, and he's still out there doing that. Uh, climbing jagged peaks in search of great mule deer 
and you just returned from a great trip. But I want to back up a year, Ken, because things did not go well a year ago. No, it was, to, a real, it was a real adventure. You went to Idaho on a pack-in hunt uh, in some rugged country, and, boy, I mean, from the get-go, things were just – it just didn't go well. No, it was tough. Um, last year, the Salmon River was very low, so that – eliminated the possibility of using a jet boat to get to where we were going. And uh, as soon as I got off the pavement and into that, you know, wilderness area, past Elk City, it just got snowy and icy. I mean, you couldn't even walk on the on the doggone uh, dirt road. It was so bad. It was so icy. And uh, the car that I rented, because they were out of four-wheel drives, was a uh, Chevy Malibu, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a pretty good omen that maybe maybe you should be playing golf in Florida this week instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm a real fan of the Malibu now for getting me in there alive. Anyhow, got you know, it just deteriorated, and at one point I went slamming into a snowbank, which was the good news because if you go down the other way, it's about a two thousand foot drop, and there's no you know guardrails yeah. of any kind. That's probably one of the worst places you could drive in the lower forty eight. Anyhow, got in there uh, about an hour and a half late, but uh, got there and uh, packed in and uh, to camp. It was about a four-and-a-half-hour ride to camp. And we had a real nice camp up there, and the weather was pretty good, although it started to get warm and foggy. So during the whole hunt, we lost about 50% of our hunting time due to fog coming in every day, right? Uh. And then... Um, we saw a real nice deer, okay, and uh, I decided to go for it. So we're up on this knoll, and you had to go down this really steep draw and then back up this draw. And we did that, and we're probably about 150 yards for, from this where this buck is bedded, and I'm about to make a stalk. And sure enough, I look down at my rifle, and the bolt had fallen out. I was like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do now, right? Turns out my, my, my uh, gunsmith had put a new trigger in for me. And for some reason, he altered something that caused the bolt to fall out. Well, at that moment, I was not a big fan of my gunsmith. But let me tell you what happened, okay? We backtracked all the way back down that draw, and we found the bolt. And we put, wow. it, back. We put it back in the rifle, and we went back up. And when we got to the top, we looked back, and the other guide and hunter are waving their hands, trying to signal us. Turns out there was a bigger buck standing there looking at us when we came over the crest of that uh, ridge. So I, I just laid down, put my rifle down in my pack. He was about 220, 230, I guess. And I thought I was good and tight, and I squeezed off, and that buck did not move. <laughs> he uh -huh. just turned around. He just turned around and ambled down off the side of the ridge. Now, the other side of the ridge is way steep, and there's no way that you're going to get down that ridge. So he was lost. He was oh, lost. Man, oh, man. And, and everything it took to get to that point oh on that mountain, the, the Chevy Malibu, the icy roads, and from the moment you glassed and saw the initial buck right. and had to go down and back up, how long was and how long was that period of and time? Then back, and then the back down time? and back up again. You're talking yeah, about yeah. you know the better part of an hour, and you know not a particularly easy hour. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, you know no, you're, you're, you're grabbing onto 
bushes and stuff, you know, trying to keep your feet. Because you got to carry a day pack and all that junk and your rifle and all that. So it was a real disappointment. But I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I was so grateful to have a shot at an animal like that. It was probably the best mule deer to that point I'd ever seen uh, through my scope. So, yeah. you know, you know, I really can't get down in the dumps. Yeah, my shooting was bad. But that's the way it is. Everybody misses sooner or later. Yep, everybody misses. If they say they haven't, then they're lying to you. Um, tell me this, when when you got back and checked your rifle, because you had been climbing through some rugged, rugged right. country for several days, right. you went back, I know you went back and checked your rifle. Was, was it on? Was it it was on, on, yeah. The rifle was on. I shot at a tree. We got back to camp. I shot at a tree, and I put about four into, you know, a tree, and it was fine. What I did do for safety measures, I put a... Uh, I put a little string on the bolt and around the trigger guard so that if it popped out again, it wouldn't go too far. So, I mean, the deer were there. Uh, the biggest problem during that week was the loss of visibility. I think if we would have the ability to glass more, you know, we would have seen more bucks because they were there. The does were there, you know. And mm. at this time of the year, if you can find the does, you know, after November up in that country, you can pretty much uh, bet that a buck will be around them. Tell us uh, about the elevation and where exactly were you in Idaho? Okay, we're in the uh, Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness Area, okay? <clears throat> you can drive to the pickup point, but then that's the border for the wilderness area, and that's where the horses and mules are. And <clears throat> in the wilderness areas, as a lot of your listeners probably know, there's no machines allowed, no ATVs. I mean, you couldn't even get an ATV on those horse trails anyhow, but you can't even have a chainsaw in there. Everything has to be done by hand. If you're going to cut a log, it's got to be with a saw or an axe. Uh, you know, there's just no machines allowed. So that's what makes it great. It's very inaccessible. The country is extremely rugged, very steep. And uh, I would put the elevation at that camp last year about just under 5,000 feet. So I was, you know, I was gasping for air the whole time. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know what, at sea level, when you're looking at a magnificent animal like that, you're gasping for air and your heart rate accelerates. Right. I can only imagine at elevation, a little tough. Your heart is jumping. Even if you can get your yeah. breathing under control, you can't get your heart rate under control. <laughs> you're so excited, you know. Exactly. Ken, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back. You said something in that portion of our, our visit that interested me. When you looked at that magnificent mule deer through your scope, you said that was the biggest mule deer you had seen in your life up to that point, which leads me to believe that maybe, just maybe, you saw one this year that was that bigger, bigger. So we're going to take a break and come back and find out, okay? Can you hang All on? All right, sure. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan with so many different formulas because, hey, there's so many different dogs. And if your dogs are... Working dogs, bird dogs, listen, don't just feed them, refuel them. Get them ready to go again tomorrow. There's nothing more that they want to do than get up and go hunt with you again tomorrow. Make sure they feel good about it in the morning with Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula tonight. You'll find all of those great Pro Plan formulas at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Good morning, this is Gary Morris, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors.
Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store, you get a snack, and you get a stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if, it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car as well. I can just feel the comfort knowing that it will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom. We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com The clock is ticking to take you fishing. If you haven't done it yet, come see me at KinderOutdoors.com, that's K-I-N-D-E-R, and register for our Fishing You a Merry Christmas contest. Five nights at Casa Carib Sea in the Caribbean. Three days fishing offshore and inshore in some of the most fertile billfish waters on the planet. If you have signed up, tell your friends about us. You see, it's a trip for three. KinderOutdoors.com At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids, and in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of outdoor adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want outdoor adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. 
The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and I want to make sure that all of our calendars are marked with the dates for our 2023 annual military charity golf event. The dates are March 26th and 27th of 2023. We'll be returning to the Wild Dunes Resort on the Isle of Palms in South Carolina. Now, here's the best part. The proceeds from this military charity golf event, supported by Freedom Hunters, goes to award the honorable service personnel of our U.S. and Canadian Armed Forces with outdoor adventures. There's no better cause than honoring the courageous men and women that protect our freedoms. So go to jimshockeyclassic.com to register. So again, that's March 26th and 27th of 2023 at the Wild Dunes Resort. And by the way, that's the South Carolina coast in the springtime. It doesn't get any better than that. I'll see you there. We knew you were coming when we heard your truck rattle across that old cattle guard. Welcome to our camp at Kender Outdoors. From the vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake, Texas. Hey, if you really want to surprise the bird hunter in your family this Christmas, hook them up with a trip. Call my friends Joe and Ann Kirchival at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country and book a hunt for them. Surprise them. It'll be the gift that they never, ever forget. The trip of a lifetime at this five-star hunting lodge, Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more about them at kinderoutdoors.com. I want you to meet Mildred Bryant and her daughter, Linda Erickson. They're up in the great state of Idaho. Linda, welcome to the show. Uh, rather chilly up your way this morning, I'd imagine. It was like 19 degrees when I got up this morning. <laughs> Life in Idaho. Hey, I wanted to call and talk to you ladies because not only is your mom a very special lady and someone that uh, we as hunters and, and, and fishermen should uh, pattern ourselves after and and hope for her longevity but you guys had a really special week together back in october i want you to tell everybody about that well we started out on saturday with my elk hunt and it's my first big game kill and i got a six point elk on saturday and so we went out wednesday morning and she got her buck right off so wow three by four buck and it's just a beautiful deer. I guess so, yeah. And what a beautiful week in memory together, mother and daughter hunting together, your your big uh, elk on Saturday, October 1st. And then a few days later, your mom uh, killed her mule deer for the year. And the very special thing about your mom, Mildred Bryant, is that she is 90 years old and still going strong. She will be 91 this December. So she is almost 91 and she still rides horses. That week was also good because she killed her deer on Wednesday and on Thursday we got on horseback and chased cows for six miles and on Friday we followed it with a 10 mile cow chase. Uh, what a beautiful family. What a beautiful way to spend time together working and playing together and I, I know that my audience would love to meet Miss uh, Mildred if uh, she's handy. Can can you put her on the phone? Yep, here she is. Perfect. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Bryant. How are you? I'm fine. 
That's good. That's good. Uh, well, I tell you what, you uh, we just had to call from Texas and say congratulations, your 80th year as a hunter, and you you bagged a good one. Yep. <laughs> tell, tell me I a little bit. All my life. Tell me about how this got started with you, because that's 80 years of hunting and you're 90 years of life. Yep. <laughs> well, we live back on the Oregon coast in the town of Vandenberg, and it came right close to the house that we lived in back in a canyon. And my brother-in-law, my brother and I started when we were real little taking the pack horses up in the mountains because people came to our house to hunt. And my brother and I would ride them up to a certain point, the horses, and they'd put another deer on, and we would take it back home, and Mom would unload the deer, and then we'd take the horses and go back up and help somebody else pack out. And we were probably five and six. We'd climb on the back of the horse after we put the deer on and go home. <laughs> five and, <laughs> and six I, years old. So you didn't get to shoot your first one until you were 10. Almost 10, yeah. <laughs> and I got mad at my dad, and a friend and I went out and shot it, but we were too little to pick it up and pack it. But we hung it in a tree. And it was a little fork and horn. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And that's been a few miles back down the road. And you still love to go and, and hunt those big, beautiful mule deer up there in Idaho even now. Right. I ride a I, lot. I'm a trail rider. And I have covered most of Oregon on horseback. My goodness. I, I've seen pictures of you and, and not only uh, – uh, have you enjoyed horses all your life? I think I saw you riding a steer. <laughs> I rode cows, yes, of the rodeo. <laughs> was that, was that like? A, I, I had a group of young kids I would help learning to ride. They were from 8 to 14, and I took them to the Coos County Fair, and they were supposed to ride the roping cows, and they wouldn't ride unless I did, so I got on a cow and rode the cow. <laughs> and you've got a smile on your face while you're doing it. Looks like you're having a good time there. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's so much fun uh, to to get out in God's great creation and enjoy uh, enjoy these these wild places and wild things. And it's a lot more fun when you can enjoy it with your family. It sounds like that's how you do it. I do. I've hunted a lot with my family, my grandson Corey Bryant. And my son-in-law and I went hunting, and we killed two six-point bull elk and a spike. And just so people know, this this was not a little chip shot. It was 224 yards and yep. uh, something that you've practiced and done your whole life. You squeezed that shot off and, and filled the freezer one more time, Miss Mildred. And we had right. to call and say, congratulations to you. That's so impressive. Thank you. <laughs> I had my share of them. <laughs> well, no, not yet. You have more to go. I hope to go again. You betcha. <laughs> uh, a lot of times just luck if you happen to be in the right place at the right time. That's exactly right. What, now, what you've got a birthday coming up. Your 91st birthday is just a couple of weeks away, huh? 
Right, the 21st of December. December 21st. So how did that work when you were a kid? Did you get birthday presents on the 21st and Christmas presents on the 25th or no? We didn't do very much Christmas. If we could make something for one another, we did. It wasn't go to town and buy a bunch of stuff. We made our own. And that's and a whole lot more special. It is. We all worked together on sewing and lived eight miles or nine miles from the closest power pole or telephone. No power or was back in the hills. And I did not like driving cars. I didn't like riding in cars. But I could take my horse and cross country and come out where I wanted to be. <laughs> oh, Miss Mildred, what a what a special lady! And uh, on December twenty first, I will be thinking of you for sure. Okay, thank you. <laughs> this is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute, a focus on people that make a difference. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at kinderoutdoors.com. We have free tickets to the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo. It's coming up in January, January 5, 6, 7, and 8 in downtown Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center. Want free tickets? Come and get them. Simple drawing. Go register at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Hey, everybody. It's Dominic Zamito with Two Rivers Fly Shop in North Fork, Arkansas. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Billy, are you sinking? It looks like you've got a heck of a hole in your waders there. Can you imagine 20-plus sailfish in a single day? Welcome to Costa Rica's rich fishing history. The marlin catch is as good as any spot on earth. Blue marlin, sailfish, mahi, and tuna. From the moment your feet touch down in beautiful Costa Rica, you'll discover a new love in your life. The landscape, the people, the food, the salty air and year-round fishable temperatures and calm waters. At Carib Sea Sport Fishing, we're prepared for your group with a fleet of some of the most successful vessels in this sport fishing area. Call your buddies or make it a couple's trip to Costa Rica. Enjoy world-class Caribbean sport fishing, endless shopping, beaches, spectacular wildlife. Discover the landscape by horseback. Carib Sea Sport Fishing offers a variety of trips, offshore, inshore, overnight, half-day, full-day, every day. Come see us now 
at catchafishincostarica.com. The True Life Taxidermy Studio in Granbury, Texas, has won best studio in the state of Texas time after time after time. Roy Holdridge and his True Life staff of artists take your memories to a higher level, a degree of professionalism and perfection that matches the memory of the hunt or that fishing trip. True Life can create and integrate lifelike landscape, multiple animals, fish, and fowl. International shipping and trophy care is turnkey when you turn it over to Roy Holdridge and True Life in Granbury, Texas. My home is a testament to the impeccable work of True Life Taxidermy. The ducks, pheasant, deer, and fish are realistic and they last. A special deer in memory on my wall dates back nearly 30 years and still looks fresh and new. Preserve that special memory this year with True Life Taxidermy. Visit the 1,800-square-foot trophy room and see Roy's talent on display. True Life Taxidermy is online at truelifetaxidermy.org. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore, men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy-class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists, studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups, and we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit Joshua Creek. Our warm campfire is always the gathering spot, no matter the weather. Tall tales and life's tough spots get worked out here. This is Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. This is our camp house, Kinder Outdoors. You are welcome here all the time. Only one rule around here. you got to come back next week and bring a buddy with you, okay? The website is kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. We come to you from the beautiful confines of the Vineyards Campground and Cabins on Grapevine Lake, Texas. 
We've got the boat parked right down there, just about 100 yards away. I can see it out the window at the boat ramp. They have their own private boat ramp here. That's a big deal. This is a busy lake. They have a camp store here, everything I might need from RV stuff to even light grocery shopping, stuff you just need day-to-day. They have it right here on the premises. Check them out. We've got a link at kinderoutdoors.com. My special guest on the show this week is my friend Ken Kirkaby, outdoor author of three books, Red Stick 1, Red Stick 2, the tournament, all available on Amazon, working on new projects uh, that should be out about this time next year. Ken, thanks for holding on. Welcome back to the show. You missed a big giant mule deer on top of a hard-to-get-to mountain in Idaho a year ago, and you just got back from a redemption trip a trip that went a lot better this year than that one i bet you for a year now you have seen that big muley in your mind's eye every single day i don't think a day went by when i didn't dream about that deer yeah so you just returned from another trip to idaho you went back to the same am i right the same wilderness area same wilderness area this time our camp was about 10 uh, miles probably as the crow flies to the east and uh, fortunately, there was enough water in the Salmon River this time. Now, I'm taking a jet boat upriver, which is about a 30-minute uh, jet boat ride. We load up, and then he goes, I got some other stuff to bring. And he pulls his truck up to the boat, and he loads about six sacks of horse feet, which had to go in, too. Now, this is all just to get me through that week, right? I want to give you listeners some idea of the logistics involved in these things. They are huge, right, to get a guy into the hunting area. So we get in the jet boat, we run upriver, and sure enough, my guys are there waiting for me with uh, a horse for me, horses for them, and a couple extra mules. And we we ride up to the camp, which is about another three, three and a half hour pack in. Get into camp, sure enough, as soon as it gets dark, the snowstorm starts. (laughs) And it's it's a wet, heavy snow. But I'm thinking that's not bad because, you know, snow generally, you know, helps you spot and whatnot. As long as your weather stays pretty clear. Next morning we get up, that snow's still coming down. So my guide and I go out, and uh, we see a couple does, and we're encouraged, and we keep going. And then all of a sudden the weather, uh, the visibility starts going down, okay? So after about an hour, hour and a half, we figure, ah, we're spinning our wheels. So we go back to camp. And we figure we'll wait till this afternoon and see if it clears. It does not clear. In fact, the snow starts coming down harder. In the morning, the snow stops, okay? It's the first clear morning, right? So now this is, what, our third day, right? Go out. Me and Logan go out, and it's uh, we're going out uh, around a horse trail. And these horse trails all skirt these steep, you know, mountainsides. And we're looking down and glassing, and we keep moving and glassing. Finally, we've seen two does, right? And we move out a little bit further down the trail, a couple hundred yards, and we see a bigger deer with them. But we can't see the deer's head because it's behind a branch. So Logan says, let's just keep moving and looking. He says, I think that deer may be a buck. So sure enough, we get into sight of the deer, and it's a very good one. He looks at it for a long time. He says, yeah, that's a good one. All right? Now I'm excited, right? The deer is about... 700 yards below us down a steep ridge, and we wait, and, and the deer does just what you want him to do. He lays down in a spot and beds down, right? And he's facing to the left, okay? 
it's open down to him. So we slide down this slope. It's all snow, right, on our behinds the whole way. We probably slid about 500 yards down two ridges, and that took a while. Then finally we got to the last ridge, and we're above them. And uh, Logan ranged them at 230 yards. So I got real tight, and I got on Logan's pack. And this time, boy, I was taking my time and just being real careful. And I'll tell you what, the sight of that deer, I could see three points on my side, and I figured he had a brow time too. He was a nice buck, and I was excited. And sure enough, I made the shot. It was almost a perfect shot. I mean, it hit him good right behind the shoulder. I'm pretty sure he's down, right? He starts to crawl, and he crawls over to the end of the ridge, and he dies and rolls off the ridge. Now he starts sliding, okay? He slides down one ridge, down two ridges, down three ridges. He must have slid over a 1,000 feet, and and we go down there, and we see blood. We see good blood the whole way, and I can tell it's lung blood. I think he's hit good, right? But he just is dead but still slide. So we keep going down. Finally, we find him. And sure enough, he'd snapped off one antler about three inches above the uh, base. All right? So you go, oh, no, right? But to tell you the truth, it didn't bother me because I was going to mount him either way, and there's a good, <coughs> pardon me, there's a good chance they could fix that antler. So sure enough, so we uh, cape him out, Cut him up, caught him up, and the packer's down with us now. And the three of us uh, finally get him uh, quartered up in the meat and bags and packed up. And I packed out the head and cape, and the boys uh, packed out the uh, the meat, and we started back up. And let me tell you something. That was the test going up that thing. I said, me, if you're going to have a heart attack, it's going to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you have your mule deer. You you. Yeah, <laughs> you're, oh, you're so happy. happy. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you're, you may die right here, but Lord, you can take me now. Thank you. Take very me much now. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. So here's what's going to happen, boys. We're going to get to the saddle trail, and somebody's going to go back to camp for a mule because I am not humping this one foot more than that when we get yeah. to the top, right? <laughs> so we wow, get- congratulations, Ken. Thank you. But I want, you know, it's really important to keep in mind the logistics involved. These guys did a tremendous job. My guide, Logan, is about 26 years old. The Packer was 18. These kids were in great shape. And, you know, it's it's a real ordeal, but it's a magnificent area. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we saw a very nice uh, bighorn sheep earlier that day. Oh, wow. Yeah, beautiful. Probably 350 yards away, about a half, three-quarter curl. Beautiful animal. First one I ever saw out hunting. Wow, that is so very cool. Well, congratulations. Two years of uh, literally 365 days per year planning, getting yourself in shape, uh, and then carrying out and following through uh, to to produce that meat for your freezer and that beautiful memory that will go up on the on the wall. That That's just fabulous. And I want folks to know that you are not 30 years old. 68 years old and going to the top of the mountain and down again and back up again. Every year you figure out a way to go to the top of the mountain and back <laughs> down and then back up. That's right. That's right. Uh, you never yeah. figure out an easy way. I don't know why. Oh, that is so awesome. I, I highly recommend that you read my friend Ken Kirkaby. 
Uh, you'll find him, like I said earlier, on Amazon. Red, you're looking for Red Stick 1, Red Stick 2, and The Tournament. Those are uh, the, the three publications that Ken has out there now, and I can't wait to see what you're coming up with for us next, Ken. As always, thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It's a pleasure. See you soon. And happy, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you, sir. And to all your listeners, Sam. What a cool hunt. That's Ken Kirkaby, outdoor author Ken Kirkaby, and his recent trip, recalling his trip to Idaho where he shot a beautiful mule deer. I look forward to a visit to Ken's place for Backstrap. Hey, we're all out of time. I want to thank you for hanging out with us today. And I also want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we have together each and every week in this old camphouse at Kinder Outdoors. Come on back and see me next time around. Until then, happy Thanksgiving, and may God bless you and your bunch.